0: Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Fursella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together.
1: Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast, brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to MedterraCBD.com and enter discount code Big MX Radio 15 to save 15% off every single purchase at medterra cbd.com i've been using medterra cbd for a for a year now and the difference is amazing i can't believe how much more mental clarity i have lack of inflammation and just overall health has been incre- incredibly increased uh and a lot of it thanks to uh, the different supplements that I use through MedTerra CBD. Whether I'm getting my morning started with the good morning pills from MedTerra CBD or heading to bed with some CBD plus mel- melatonin from MedTerra, it's all, it, it, it's literally from the beginning of my day to the end. It's amazing. And you guys can save 15% by entering discount code BigMXRadio15. You also check out sickwix.com. These things are amazing. They're, uh, soy wax candles that are absolutely fantastic they're not a paraffin wax candle that give off all the harmful toxins throw them into the air and ruin your health they're uh they're wax they're soy candles and they last a whole lot longer i know dave's got some uh at his place i've got a few at my place i've got to stock up actually in the next little while here um but we'll, we'll get back to that at another time i'm your host brad gabhart i'm on all of these podcasts of this being episode 731 We've done 731 of these things, and my good friend Dave Drake's been on damn near 100 of them. He's all the way, he, he was originally from all the way on the East Coast. He now lives in the friendly state of Wisconsin, where they're all uh, mourning the loss of the Green Bay Packers from this last weekend or not going to the Super Bowl. But we're not talking football. We're talking Supercross, and we've got a dandy of one to break down from Anaheim to Dave Drake's welcome to the podcast podcast. Let's do this, buddy.
0: What's up, man? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. We have a lot to talk about, but uh, I'm just pumped to be back on, talking some moto, um, getting into it, man. This is going to be exciting.
1: Absolutely, like, but there's there's all kinds of storylines to talk about. Where do we where do we begin? Most of the time, we talked about the two the four fifties first because that's the premier class. This particular weekend, unfortunately, sorry, Eli Tomac, the main. Storyline coming out of Anaheim 2 is the 250 class, where there would be Austin Forkner crashing his brains out and giving up all kinds of points, or it's Dylan uh, Ferrandes, uh, pr- like basically uh, uh, like just throwing his weight around out there, I guess you, you'd say, um, just being a bull in a china shop, making all kinds of uh, people upset with him. The Instagram messages uh, and, and comments have been uh, abusive to say the least. Towards the Frenchman. So let's start with him. Let's talk, let's get, take uh, care of the elephant in the room. We did 15 minutes of Instagram live about this. We're not going to beat this thing to death, uh, as far as some analysis on Dylan Franz. If you're listening to this right now, you probably have another 20 hours to go watch our Instagram live where we basically break that whole thing down from tip to tail. But uh, like, can can we just chalk up uh, that win from Dylan Frandis as a uh, an exclamation point on the end of some pretty bonehead riding from tip to tail?
0: Uh, honestly, I think that that race was probably going to be a sore topic for him and for a lot of riders for kind of, I think, years to come. I mean. You know, you and I are on the same page that rubbing's racing, you know what I mean? If you ride somebody high, you bump them a little bit, uh, block passes, we're used to stuff like that. That's part of part of our sports, why we all love it. I think what Ferrandez did comes from more of a, just a bonehead move standpoint. I mean, when you're coming off of the landing of a jump into a harsh 90 without any type of traction on the inside, you're going to slide. You know what I mean? These are professional riders. I think they're very well aware of how tracks break down, while where the traction limits are, best ways of passing, how to be more cognizant of where the person in front of them is going to go. I think Dylan was just so involved with just the racing mentality, hearts pumping. He just made a bonehead uh, move and just had horrible judgment about where his motorcycle would end up and completely smashed into Christian Craig. I don't personally think it was anything malicious. I do think he meant to maybe bump him out of the way a little bit, uh, maybe uh, block him, have him hit the binders a bit. But I don't think his intention was to seriously taking out of the race, um, or even, um, you know, dropping back more than just one position. Um, I do think that if anything should be talked about, it's just maybe a, a really bad racing decision. Other than that, um, I think Dylan should kind of be off the hook just a little bit. I mean, we've, we've seen this time and time again. Um, uh, and there's, you know, video of Christian Craig actually doing the same thing to one of the Martin brothers. Um, and it happens, you know, year after year after year. So it's just a part of our sport and hopefully Dylan kind of learns from this and, uh, ends up riding just a little, with a little bit more finesse. And, you know, I'm kind of surprised that Dylan even did this because we talked about it. He is such a technical rider. He really knows where he wants to put his motorcycle. He's very good at executing, um, stuff like that. And seeing him kind of biff this up and just really just take Christian Craig on a, on a ride, um, it was a little disappointing to see, to be honest with you, but hopefully you can get together for next weekend and kind of, uh, and move past this and, and give, give the industry some more headlines to talk about other than him just,
1: out Craig. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Absolutely. I think that, uh, I, and this isn't the first time that Dylan has basically uh, reiterated after after a pass like that that he thought that going in there and as hot as he did uh, was going to scare off uh, his opponent. In this case, is Christian Craig. He thinks. That uh, like he he had some room there, and that his actions were going to basically make uh, Craig uh, let off, and he, he was going to have uh, some space to make the pass. In my opinion, if Craig's not there, uh, Ferendis goes skittering through that corner, ends up taking somebody out at the ankles uh, in the in the mechanics area. So uh, um, uh, it's it's it, it, it's a really tough spot to be in. Unfortunately. Um, like not only with the, the the incident with Craig, he then sort of gets together a number of times with Jet Lawrence, another Geico Honda rider on the on the last lap, and um, through no fault of Dylan Ferenice's, um, Jet Lawrence goes blitzing through the whoops, trying to make something special happen, trying to get uh, a edge a little bit closer to um, to to making. That, that pass stick or, or making him a, a retaliatory uh, effort in that last corner. He goes ass over tea kettle and basically just wears that, uh, uh, the jump face on his shoulder, breaks the collarbone. Uh, and uh, I guess you'd sort of like, you can blame that a little bit on Dylan, but you can't really because it wasn't, any contact that was made with him, it was sort of just like the heat of the race that produced that moment, um, but uh, not deserving of the 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 booze that rained down on him uh, in that moment. Um, and it was pretty wild. Um, that's all I'm going to say about it. Honestly, it, it was it was a fantastic race, amazing effort to have one of those brutal starts of Dylan Ferranes's, uh that ends up with a uh, a race win. So. Um, one step closer to a championship uh, for, for Dylan, but uh, he's still got a lot of work to do in the fact that he still trails. Um, uh, he's got 12 points. Uh, he's 12 points behind his teammate in in Justin Cooper. And uh, it's like like his, he, his average start position is outside the top 10. That's not good. That needs to change, especially when we're coming up to a Triple Crown event where he's not going to have that kind of time to work through the pack. If anything... Uh the biggest thing to take away from this weekend is that uh one of these Yamaha riders gets great starts, the other one does not and that spells trouble um for Dylan Ferrandis if he wants to uh to continue chipping away at this points lead of which is now ballooned to 12 points after 3 rounds, only 6 rounds to go and uh um the rest of the field isn't doing themselves any favor with Austin Forkner um like Basically, like he's his average finish is ballooned to seven uh, seven point seven after uh, like he's now what almost he's 20, 20, 23 points back, twenty two points back after three races. That's a tough. That's a tough spot.
0: It, it really is. I mean, how many times have we said it? You know, on air where you really you, in, in a two fifty regional championship series, you can't afford to have any bad, bad races, and the ones that you do. Those can't be any less than like a top five most of the time. And it, it, every year it's getting harder and harder. So, um, like, like you talked about the bad starts for Dylan and, and stuff like that. Um, if he really wants to make the job easier on himself, he needs to get up there. Um, same thing with, uh, with, with Faulkner. can't afford to have these bad races where he, again, he's, he's not finishing or, um, or he's outside the top, the top set of the podium or, or even top three. Um, it can't happen. I mean these guys are just literally just letting Justin Cooper and maybe even Braden the for that matter Just kind of walk in and just slowly start trance away with the with the with the title because they're they're seeing the most consistent um, I think All these riders obviously Forkner friend uh, multiple winners Those guys are arguably the, the title favorites in both their respective coasts last year um, they, they can win uh, but I think a lot of it is going to come down to: Can they stay consistent? Can they put themselves in the best position and maximize on points? Being good starts, staying out of trouble, no pile-ups, no no DNFs with the bike, stuff like that. Uh, can they make that happen to specify themselves as the uh, the West Regional champ? And um, the only person that seems to be doing that is Justin Cooper. I mean, it's very very short this series uh, for these guys. I mean, we've got a, a handful more races. Um, it's crazy to say that since we, I feel like. Anaheim one was just yesterday to a handful of races before we end up going towards the East Coast. So they have to make it happen. I mean, they're going to have to really maximize on as many points as they can and keep Justin Cooper uh, at bay and try to make a run for it. But at the moment, Cooper's Cooper's he's a talk of the town man. I mean, he's he's really riding very well, putting himself in these great positions. If he's not winning, hey, he's right there in second, uh, or he's on the podium in, in third. I mean, he's really he's really riding. So smart, calculated uh, consistent races and that's into the, the game
1: absolutely I think that uh, we've got a championship on our hands right now and uh, Justin Cooper's putting himself in a fantastic position to uh, to maybe uh, capture his first one um, Brian Hartraff sitting third third in points great on him uh, I don't particularly see him uh, challenging for wins he's he's basically kind of both, both the last two weekends, two podiums in a row, but both times basically had to have guys crash out for him to land in those spots. Uh, I don't see him challenging for wins. I believe he has, he's the only one in the top four in uh, points that has no laps led. Um, and Christian Craig, unfortunately, this is a real bummer. His average start position is inside the top three with a 7.2 and his average finish is a 15.7 between a, uh, his, uh, his podium from the first round, which he wasn't actually on the podium. It was because Dylan, was Austin Forkner, uh, was, was penalized that he ended up getting third. Uh, he gets bumped up to that, but then the na- last two races, 22nd overall, uh, a huge bummer, um, to his season. Obviously, I don't think it's going to be held against him, given the fact that his old man's basically, uh, is, is, uh, his father-in-law's uh, partner of the team He'll likely have some job security there, but, uh, uh, just a bummer deal for a guy who, who needed to have a, a bounce-back season. Um, all things considered, um, a great ride and a very quiet night for, uh, uh, Alex Martin as well as Michael Moseman, who both ended up having to go to the LCQ. They salvage nights, uh, inside the top five. You'll take that every single day of the week. And uh, shout out to the Penwright Honda boys, Luke Clout, Mitchell Oldenburg, the 101 in your program, and the 40, 6th and 7th. Not a bad gig whatsoever. Really impressive to see um, those guys uh, doing as well as they did. And uh, I don't think we can get off this podcast without shouting out to, uh, to a couple of uh, American kids uh, from both different sides of the, of the nation, but Robbie Wageman with a 14th place on that uh, Nuclear Blast uh, Rockwell Yamaha, uh, putting it in the main and getting 14th. And then Logan Carnow, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that could be a career best with a 15th uh, spot, the 88. Uh, looking pretty good out there. Uh, he's got the, that good... That uh, just one gear, um, which is a, a, a huge improvement from that strict racing crap that they wore for a number of years on that team. Great team, terrible gear. Um, and then, uh, like, Robbie Wageman taking the, uh, basically, he's I think he's head-to-toe Liat, except for I think the boots are different. Uh, I don't know, I think he's actually wearing Liat boots too, actually. Uh, so he's basically Liat head-to-toe in 14th spot. Like, that's pretty wild.
0: Yeah, that, that's super awesome. I mean, we we talked about Carnell, I believe, after A one. Um, this guy's looking super solid. I know a lot of people might might give him um, a lot of uh, a lot of spotlight, uh, a lot of praise because he's a privateer. Um, yeah, he's not battling for top fives, but the fact that this guy was, I mean, main uh, a night program guy maybe here and there maybe a main event here and there to being a solid top 15 rider and a very stacked 250 west series and this guy is i'm pretty sure he got got it out of the uh the heat that's a that's a tall order man but he really made a lot of improvement and i'm stressing it again he looks so much better on the bike than he did in years past um his whole team looks very very solid the just one gear i have to agree with you looks really professional um, and I do like this, uh, this look that they're, that they're doing. Um, and you see, he's, he's really riding that Kawasaki very well. It looks like he's gelling with it. And he looks like a, a very professional, very hardworking, uh, two guy, which is, it, it takes a, it takes a lot to get to that point. And it's just really impressive to see the, the, the jump in improvement, the jump in racecraft that Carno has had. So uh, hats off to him. I hope he continues to, to do this and really ride well. Um, also, got to give a shout out shout out to Cheyenne Harmon who had a very good heat race. Really cool to see him up front, um, kind of battling with some bigger name guys. Um, so sh- shout then? out Why to didn't him. Why did he make
1: he, the main? What happened there?
0: I, I'm I'm guessing it was uh, he went. Oh, down no, he didn't make bit. the main. He's twentieth. Yeah, yeah, That's he did, yeah, main. I'm saying, I, I think, it, yeah, his positioning, yeah, I think he... Uh, Two in got a row little for little Ludovic, right start. I like that. Yeah, so... Who would have That's thought that really, L- really awesome
1: Lorenzo Camporese... Camporese? Camporese? Yeah. Hmm. Did, did you see his fist pump after making the main? I think he got ninth. Oh, yeah.
0: He was out of the heat. Yeah, I mean, I would be ant too, so yeah like, i mean you that's got, for sure you got to keep man. an eye on these on these privateer riders these two fifty privateers, they're they're crushing it, man they 're really doing good in the west coast i I really want to see what happens in the east if we had the same crop of you know twenty to to fifteen same five six seven riders um that doing doing this or sorry the same spots being filled by privateer riders like these guys i mean I really think um, it says a lot for the amount of training, the amount of talent that we're seeing pop up now. Um, especially again, this is a very tough crop of two fifties and four fifties this year. So it just goes to show you how hard these private tier guys are working to ensure that they're up there with the best results possible. So um yeah, what, what a what a awesome set of riders we're seeing. This is this is really cool.
1: Yeah, total mixed bag. And you, you guys that are guys are making mains they haven't before, and they're getting in there, and they're doing. Uh, they're having some good rides. We got young kids uh, leading laps. Super bummer that uh, that Jet Lawrence wasn't able to uh, basically put a put a stamp on that amazing ride of his. Uh, he ends up, I believe, seventeenth based on who, uh, or ninth, I think maybe uh, where he finally. Yeah, he he ends up being awarded ninth uh, based on who he lapped up to, which is pretty cool. Um, but uh, that basically spells the end of. I think at least it spells the end of uh, this West Coast tour uh, for Supercross. Um, maybe you see him come af- come back after the break. I don't know. Um, I've actually never done a collarbone, knock on wood. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I think that um, he may be able to come back at the end of the Supercross season. Or, you know what, this kid's super talented. Maybe if you're Geico and you've got a million guys under your tent, you say, hey, man. Go get yourself ready for outdoors, and we'll see you uh, You and your brother go toe-to-toe uh, when, when Hangtown uh, drops uh, in May. So uh, we'll see what happens there. We could see him as, as soon as April, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if you see him roll out uh, as well as Carson Mumford for, uh, for the May uh, Outdoor Nationals coming up. Let's throw it to commercial break right now. We'll be right back from... Uh, After these commercials from The Collective Experience as well as Medterra CBD. And we got a couple other ones in there for you. I really appreciate everybody for listening. And please go follow The Collective EX on Instagram. If you're not already, you're completely missing out. And you're missing out on all the cool giveaways that Dave has for us. So go check those out. We're right back here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Hey, Big MX listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode. Check out these commercials, support our sponsors. We'll be right back to the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, Big MX listeners. Let's talk a little bit about Sick Wicks Candles. Sick Wicks is the small business that you may not have heard of so far, and that's why they're on the show right now. That's why we need to get you informed. Soy-based candles are phenomenal. They're not made with the same harmful chemicals that a paraffin wax candle are made from, and the scents are unbelievable. You need to check these out. The Morning Moto smells like coffee. The Privateer smells like beer, as it should. All these awesome candles. You gotta check them out. They're motocross dedicated, and uh, they 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 burn nice and clean. They got that wood wick that sounds awesome. It, it pops and crackles just like a real fire. And uh, it's going to make your garage smell better. It's going to make your living room smell better. And if you take them into the bedroom, don't tell me about it, but enjoy it. You're going to love these candles, and you can find them at sickwicks.com. Head there right now. Enjoy them, and you're going to love it. Absolutely. Check them out. Only recently have the health benefits of CBD products been acknowledged by the masses. CBD is every bit as powerful as it is misunderstood. In the past we've known so little about a vital system that exists in every single one of us Medterra CBD products promote wellness and overall improved health so that you can be your very best each day a passionate and dedicated staff have developed an impressive lineup of CBD products which help as a sleep aid an anti-inflammatory and for pain relief why choose Medterra CBD? Medterra CBD products are of the highest quality Purity tests are done extremely frequently, and their responsive and dedicated customer care team will guide you through your CBD journey. For more information or to browse Medterra CBD's products, please visit www.medterracbd.com. Medterra CBD, our CBD, your health. Since 1979, Maxima USA has changed lubrication. Industry-leading products have equated to hundreds of championships wherever quality lubricants are needed. Maxima has built a reputation for great quality by earning lifelong customers one at a time. Customers who trust in the complete lineup of products from Maxima USA. From our flagship Caster 927 mixing oil to our famous SC1 and the full array of market-leading products, Maxima has what you need on the track and in the garage. Maxima Racing Oils are proudly made in the USA. For more information, visit www.maximausa.com. Big MX listeners, Supercross season is coming, and that means the return of the collective experience. Nobody brings you closer. Nobody gives you an exclusive experience where you are part of a privateer's racing program throughout the day. I'm talking pre-race strategy filming practice sessions, talking about the racetrack, meeting the riders, getting cool swag, getting to hang out with guys like Dave Drakes, getting to hang out with guys like me at the track. It's an awesome program, and the money goes right back to the privateers. You're actually supporting their racing program, and you get a really cool experience. Check it out, Google the collective Experience. First thing that pops up, you can check out their intern program. You can check out all that fun stuff. You guys need to get on this program. Check it out. You can, like, Collective EX, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, The Collective XP is their uh, website, I believe. Check them out. The Collective Experience. Dave Drake's over there. Great friend of mine, and he wants you guys to be part of this program. Check it out. Can't wait to see you there. The Collective Experience. A proud sponsor of the Big MX Radio Podcast. What's up, Big MX Radio listeners? I can't thank you enough for listening to this episode of the Big MX Radio podcast. It means so much to me that you guys would take time out of your day to listen to the podcast. Hopefully, you're entertained. Hopefully, you guys find some information that you didn't already get from another podcast. And uh, if you guys have any requests... Whatsoever on content you'd like to see on the Big MX radio podcast, please send me either a direct message on Instagram. If you're not already following, I hope you do. It's Gebhardt 88 on Instagram. And you can also find me via email, BradGebhard88 at gmail.com. Hit me up in the DMs and uh, thank you again for listening to these uh, really important commercials. Uh, we do our best to uh, plug our sponsors and hope that you guys support our sponsors like Medterra cbd as well as uh, maxima racing oils and uh, fly racing is coming on soon and uh, really looking forward to that so thanks again for listening to the big mx radio podcast garrett dale all all my good friends that are listening i really appreciate you guys uh, making the time to listen to the podcast and uh thanks again and uh, let's get back to the show and we're back big mx radio podcast i am your host Rod I'm on all these podcasts. We're still on the line. We're still doing this. And we're switching gears to 450s, Dave. Yes sir. Eli Tomac has a Supercross victory, the first of this decade and the first of this season. He is now 5 points back after 3 rounds, the best position he's been in. In the last three years of Supercross, or last four years of Supercross contention, he always puts himself in a deep hole. This one, the most shallow of the ones that he's dug himself into, and now he finds himself with a little bit of momentum rolling into a a Triple Crown uh, race, of which we saw him win all three of uh, in previous, um, last year. Um, It's pretty incredible to see uh, this guy sort of start to, when when he starts to click, like it's a completely different guy. And uh, we've all seen that uh, triple crown races can minimize damage by having basically three chances to to, to work towards that overall finish on the night. It can also be catastrophic in the fact that if you have a, a I say an injury at the beginning of the night, obviously uh, whether it was a, whether it's a. Uh, Triple Crown or not, you'd probably be out for the rest of the night, but, uh, you can really do some serious damage in those things, and he's shown that, uh, he's got the, the sprint speed, his, his, uh, his, he seems to have figured out the starts a little bit, still not great, he, him and Dylan Ferrandez are both outside the top ten in starts, but if they, he can, if he can figure out the starts, uh, it's gonna be good night, Jim Kite. Uh, when it comes to uh, the rest of the series, and now he's got a little bit of momentum, and you know the kid's going to start to roll. Tell me a little about about Eli Tomac winning this last weekend and leading a bunch of laps.
0: I know for sure he made a lot of people happy in fantasy because everyone's been picking him week after week after week. So uh, he's finally giving some guys some points. But uh, and I'm real though, uh, Tomac rode very very well. He looked awesome in qualifying. Um, I noted that a lot of riders, um, you know, especially uh, that uh, that rhythm section before the first set sort of whoops. Uh, most guys were kind of getting in between that, that triple, triple, triple section, kind of letting the bike just uh, dig in a little bit and kind of soak into the bike. Eli looked very light on the pegs. I mean, the guy was just carrying momentum through that whole section and shaving off time when you think you really you really can't make up time in that area, and he looked on it all day. So um, Eli, back to Eli winning waves. Um, you and I talked about it a little bit. Eli is a very good rider. I mean, you know, we'll say it on air. He's the odds-on favorite to win pretty much everything. One of the fastest guys we've seen in quite a while. Kind of reminds me of the dominating fashion of um, Poto or someone like that. So, you know the guy's good for a bunch of wins. What Eli's issue is, is that he starts off very slow, lets his competitors get a little bit of a gap on him, then he turns it on, but it only lasts for so long. He might go on for three, four weeks, but then he has a really abysmal ride where he might end up with um, you know, instead of a first or a second, he's in fourteenth from a you know with a fall or um or a bad start or a bike issue, and then the next weekend he'll get to a fifth, and then boom, right back down to a really bad one. He's a very mental rider, and when it, when it rains, it seems to so pour for him. So um, if this year's going to be any different, Eli needs to carry this momentum and stay consistent. I mean, nothing lower than the top three because he's got guys that are chomping on his heels, namely being uh, his teammate, Adam Cincerello. The guy's got a lot, a lot of spunk, a lot of um, momentum on these, uh, you know, pretty decent rides for a rookie. I mean, you know, for AC, not that great, but, um, you know, if we're looking at uh, what history has given us in 450 rookies, he's riding pretty damn solid. Um, he's also got Ken Roxton, who's a winner. Justin Barster who's a winner this season. Jason Anderson um, is just nipping at the heels of these guys to get a win. Cooper Webb, uh, Zach Osborne, Blake Baggett, I mean, the list goes on and on. He's got 15 guys that could sneak up and win a race from right underneath him, so he's got to stay on it. His starts have to be much better, and he needs to, uh, again, solidify himself as the series leader, so... If he can make this happen, we could be talking about Eli holding the number one plate above his head, um, you know, by the end of the season. So we'll see. It was a great ride, uh, and hopefully, he can back it up this weekend in Phoenix and uh, give these guys something to talk about.
1: For sure, and uh, maybe the quietest uh, podium performance outside of Brandon Hartraft, uh, Cooper Webb uh, battles through the wash to grab uh, his share of the box, uh, increasing that average finish. Uh, he's. He's not doing bad. Like, uh, there's, there's some week, there's the one weekend in St. Louis. You're like, what, what's going on with this guy? His qualifying has been all over the place. It's been really, uh, like kind of like you, head scratching at a, at a former champion. Uh, but of course, if he's coming in on an illness, uh, that's never good. If he's able to get past that, maybe he starts to make a push towards the front. Uh, and he's sort of minimized the damage on a couple of these nights. Uh, be, still being on the podium, uh, is nothing to shake a stick at. Um, as far as uh, sort of like the best of the rest, um, cu- currently in points, you've got um, Malcolm Stewart being the basically the lead guy who is, I guess like, you wouldn't really consider Blake Baggett to be like the lead KTM guy, that's for sure uh, Cooper Webb, and certainly not uh, Justin Brayton on the Honda team, that's definitely uh, Ken Rockson who now has the points lead. Uh the best of the rest to me has to be Malcolm Stewart and the fact that he's currently sitting 8th in points. Um, he's he's getting decent starts. He's he's moving through the pack. He's he's got incredible whoop speed and if these whoops continue to uh shape up the way they are, um, in in a, especially in like a a, a racetrack like uh um, phoenix where you usually have some big jump combinations some some risk reward stuff i could see uh i could definitely see uh, malcolm stewart making some noise this weekend coming up
0: i could too i mean when the track is is a little faster like phoenix tends to be this guy's really great about choosing his lines wisely and carrying momentum now having said that phoenix is where he got hurt last year so this could be sort of a mental hang up for, for Mookie. Um, hopefully it's not. I think we have yet to see what he's truly capable of, especially following his MEC ride. Uh, Malcolm is a decent waltz. So we all know that, but he's really good about carrying momentum forward through rhythm section, staying low over jumps, uh, and, and just riding ex- extremely smooth. Um, he's a little bit accident prone here and there, but for the most part, he's staying, uh, he's staying fairly consistent. I think, Uh, a top three is not out of question for him. Um, I can definitely see Malcolm doing great at a triple crown like this upcoming weekend. Uh, He could get a, get a main event win um, in in any one of the three. So don't count him out just yet. I know a little bit, some people are just a little bummed on, on the way he's been riding. When this guy gets a good start or he's on, believe me, he will cut through the field and surprise a lot of people. I think this is a really great growing year for Malcolm. I think it's a year where he's going to really, really showcase himself and, and the uh, MCR team, so uh, yeah, keep an eye on him. I like his changes for this weekend. He felt like he was uh, doing pretty good last year at, at this track, so um, I think I think he's going to be. I think he's really going to going to do good.
1: Fair enough. So, uh, of the guys who uh, like are sort of quote sort of unquote uh, contenders, or guys who are kind of like the best of the rest, the guys the the Aaron uh, Aaron Plessinger's, Aaron Plessinger's of the world, the Blake Baggett's of the world, the. The Dean Wilsons of the world, who uh, finally got inside the top ten this last weekend, uh, who needs a, a get right weekend in uh, in Phoenix? Like, is it is it Justin Brayton? You see him. Like, would a get right weekend look like uh, maybe being on a, on the podium or maybe winning one of those uh, uh, the main events, the three the three races in the the triple crowns? Um, is it uh, is it Dean Wilson who like maybe his hips starting to feel uh, a little bit more regular? He's in the middle of the series here. Uh, you know, he's probably not riding too much during the week, so maybe that's something that, that really helps. Is it Justin Hill, a guy who has just sort of been quietly, not really doing a whole heck of a lot, uh, but like nothing to sneeze at? The girl got, the guy's, uh, currently 11th in points. Like what, who, who of those guys needs to have like a, like crack off a fifth to sort of get his, get himself, uh, going and moving in the right direction?
0: I think, uh, you name a couple of guys. I think for sure Justin Hill has yet to show up to race with these guys. Uh, we talk about over and over how talented this guy is, how capable he is, how good his bike is. We have not seen him ride to his full potential. Um, a little similar to what, to Stuart, he's had a much better run. I think Hill has a lot more in the tank and a lot more to show people. A top five for him would really set him up in the right direction, really give him momentum, um, and really Put him in the minds of a lot of people who have forgotten that he's out there. Uh, I think the same could be said for Plessinger. Came with a lot of noise um, just last season. I think this Supercross season he could really um, put his raise his stock a little bit with fans and in the industry if he were to crack off the top five as well. We all know he's capable of it. The guy is a past Supercross champion and in the, in the um, 250 division. He's on a very, very fast bike. His teammate, Justin Barsha, has a win under his belt in uh, 2020. So you know he can do it. Uh, It's just a matter of having him execute the start, um, find his rhythm, and then just continue that throughout the entire race, not really worrying about a lot of the guys who are around him or the pressure, um, and just managing his lap times. I think that he's very capable as well. So um, a lot of us could have breakout rides. You know, I'm still waiting for Duvalos to, to, uh, you know, not not make me look stupid for – for calling him my, uh, my favorite, uh, like, you know, newcomer, um, to the, to the 450s, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do as well as someone like a Justin Vogel. I mean, that guy is, is, such a light switch, hot or cold, on or off. He could really be on it one weekend and boom, he's on the podium. I mean, you would, you never can count out Vogel, so. There's quite a few guys that can that can show something, man. But I will tell you, I'm still waiting for AC to get his win, man. I know it's coming. I just don't know exactly what uh what venue going to be at. to get his first know.
1: win at a triple crown? I think that's lame.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be kind of a cop out with an asterisk or something. Not
1: that a cop out. It's just a shitty way to get your first win. Like you know what I mean? Like it's it's like because technically he could probably get that win by not winning the last race. Yeah, I get you. You know what I mean? Like, say say he yeah. goes, like, 1-2-3, and um, someone else goes 2-1-DNF uh, or, like, 2-1-6, and, uh, and he just gets more points. He wins on points because um, of Olymp- Olympic scoring. Like, I just, like, I, like, because it wasn't that, like, the first Triple Crown that w- was ever done, uh... I want to say, yeah, it was um, Tomac won it by getting second in the third main event to Jason Anderson in 2017, and I'm like, this is lame.
0: Yeah, I, I hear what you mean. Because a yeah. that was uh, 18. Yeah. Either way,
1: like I just, it just seems lame. Like same thing with I think Cooper Webb's technically Cooper Webb's first ever win was a was a triple crown. I just, I don't really love them. I think they're great for entertainment value. Um, Because you just have everybody in there, and uh, it's even more uh, like for a lot of guys, like for the six-hour drive to go all the way to uh, um, all the way to Phoenix. I'm sure there's more than a few privateers that are second-guessing going all the way out there if they're not going to be top in times. Um, Yeah, it it just seems like uh, like it's like I'm I'm a fan of, but then I'm not a fan of uh, uh, triple grounds because I like the whole process. I like. I like my 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 uh, my supercross the way the way it is. You know what I mean? I like. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, an old old guy yelling at clouds right now, but uh, um, <laughs> I don't know. Disregard.
0: Yeah, I, I I hear what you mean. I mean, I do think it's uh, it's a little bit different. I'm sure a lot of riders like to just win a straight up main event, but I mean, you know, it's part of the series. You know, I think they'll they'll much rather take a win at a. At a at a triple crown and not having one at all, so
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it would it would
0: be it would be cool to to uh, to see AC win like you know a prestigious race like uh, like at Daytona or an Atlanta or something like that where I you, think know, I, boy, Atlanta, I fancier, you know just Atlanta tons of
1: fancier Atlanta would be beautiful to see kind of like close to home close to like yep. yeah I could see that I think that would be cool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, are you playing Pulpomex Fantasy or are you not playing Pulpomex Fantasy?
0: I am. This past weekend, Dude, are you I good at that did you much you than What's that? What'd you get? Last weekend, I maxed out at two hundred and seven points.
1: So no way!
0: I am. Yeah, I I did. Dude, I got two hundred and six. Fuck you! I had to make up for it because the first round I got ninety. I picked three riders that I scored at zero points, and then last weekend in St. Louis, I got maybe 130. So I was due, man. I was definitely are due. In,
1: are you in? So my league?
0: I mean, you, I'm in your league. Yeah, you're ninth. I'm 14th. So I'm I'm trailing you by oh. just about 90 points because you're 13th. You're 13th. I was doing so horrible.
1: Yeah, you are struggling. Uh, yep. We have your yeah. Your best is is one better than my best uh and uh Mike Sweeney is out front uh just ahead of uh of Garrett Rockley and uh uh and then a whole bunch of Texas guys. I think uh Rockley, uh Tim as well as Jonesy's in 5th. Uh you got Kira who actually used to race Canadian nationals for the women uh in uh from BC. She's fantastic. Um and then uh Ron Dog, he's also from Texas. And then you've got me in eighth place, just ahead of Matthew Stokes. Uh got uh,
0: uh actually RLE Mako, he's he's first, he's got seven oh seven. So I'm going to shift it down one. So you're in ninth.
1: How am I in ninth?
0: If you if you go on the uh the league?
1: The league, yeah. It's uh,
0: yeah. You see who's in first when you look at there.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I can. My uh, what I'm looking yeah. at right now is Mike Sweeney's in first. Are you looking at the right one? Big MX Radio. Big MX Radio. First place on my screen, anyway. Oh wait, what the heck? Where'd that guy come from? Oh, okay. he just at he just he just joined. Uh, okay. Ah, he must have been having yeah. a really good weekend. Crushing us. Yeah, he's crushing it. So he's like, "Oh, I'll I'll join your league." Clearly, because he's smashed.
0: Yeah, it. literally, he's like almost three hundred points more than me. So I got yeah. no
1: hope. Yeah, I got. He's got <laughs> almost two hundred points on me. Hey, the season's early, man. That guy could have a shit weekend, especially if he's taking chances the way he is. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, let's we'll see what happens. But uh yeah, great podcast, my friend just shy of uh, or just just right around the the amount of time that I said that I'd have you on of course we we originally wanted to have the podcast from 7:15 to 7:45 it's currently 8:30 so um oops i guess is the right term um but uh yeah well hopefully that last bit wasn't just total brutal radio for those who don't play pulp MX fantasy i'm really enjoying it i don't fully like I, I'm still getting a, ha- a handle on the the system of how guys get points and stuff like that to make good decisions out there. But uh, yeah, we're 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 getting along. We're we're making we're making some moves here. We'll try and move uh, closer to the front. Try and track down uh, uh, Side and the rest of the boys from Texas. So uh, um, you have yourself a great rest of your night. Um, what what's uh, what what? What can people look forward to coming from the collective in two thousand or for uh, Phoenix and beyond? Like, uh, is is David Pulley going to put it in the put in the night show at some point? Like, something tells me forty fifth overall out of forty five isn't fast enough.
0: I think he's got a lot, a lot more to, to show. I mean, the crazy thing about Dave is that like in practice, in any any county practice track, the guy looks good, man. He looks like you know any other privateer Forty four. My mistake. I, I think. Yeah, I, I think once he gets into the to the actual um, stadium versus qualifying, I think he's more of a mental rider and kind of gets him a little bit. And I um, mean, the obstacles aren't just like it was back at the practice track, and he kind of gets in his head. I think I think he's he, he's really good to uh, and in the track a little bit, so he knows like you know which sections um, he wants to attack in which way. But I think. Putting it all together is uh, it's something that Dave needs to work on, and um, I really want to see him be able to put it in a night program. And I think he, I think he can do it. Um, I think he's got the talent behind him. It's just a matter of executing on it. So we'll see if it happens. Um, but you know, we're happy to have him on the program. He does awesome with our interns, and he is uh, good to work with. All hand, hands he, he is, on that. He, He's he's really fun to work with. I mean, all the interns that that uh, that get brought into our program. Love working with him because he lets him be so hands on, very easygoing, and you're able to see so much, um, from a, you know, an up close perspective with Dave. He's an open book, really generous and giving his whole crew is. So all the interns get a chance to get onto on the line with him when he's doing his qualifying, um, get a chance to touch the bike, to interface with a lot of his, his other fans and his sponsors and supporters. And it's really great experience, great exposure, um, in the sport because Dave, uh, somehow, really, really is as uh, a magnet for a lot of eyes, a lot of attention, and uh, a lot of good funding around them. So, um, yeah, if anyone wants to sign up with Dave or any one of our other great writers, we've got Tyler Bowers on the program, Bubba Pauly, sure. Agent Cat and Zero. You can sign up to be any one of these guys' interns, as well as a lot others as part of our VAP experience program. Uh, check us out at thecollectivexp.com at thecollectiveex EN- on Instagram. Send us a DM, hit us up at contact at thecollectivexp.com <clears throat> for your questions. We've got a lot more spots available for internships, a lot more spots open for our fan experience program that treats every person who enters like a true VIP, and you get a chance to be fully immersed in a racing program like you've never imagined possible. And we want to help out every person that signs up. So thank you to our sponsors, people like Big X Radio for having us on, and Brad killing it for us ethics uh, are overshare advice and planning as well as broke amateur racing and intake breathing along with flow vision everybody's been so awesome so we're really grateful
1: All Right on oh, man well keep on doing what because what you do is good i'll let you get on with the rest of your night my friend uh, appreciate the time do not hang up just yet but for podcast sake we're gonna cut it off right there